everybody, and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and it is Marvel Unlimited Monday once again. These weeks are flying by, and it is almost the end of the year, but the comics continue to roll in. This week, a lighter offering than most, but uh, nevertheless enjoyable, so let's dive right into it. I'm just going straight down the list of the comics that are in the new this week section of Marvel Unlimited, and the first one that I read was Star Wars Age of Rebellion, Han Solo. As predicted, uh, being a hit-or-miss series, this one falls somewhere right in the middle. I have uh, all, I, I have a soft spot for Han Solo and the, I guess, the smuggler profession, whether it's Star Wars or what have you. There's just, there's a part of me, and I, I don't know what it is. I'm sure I'd have to see somebody for them to diagnose me, but like, in, as an example, this story is, is a very, it's a one-and-done story just about Han Solo trying to smuggle some goods in and out of uh, different planets. At first, he's going to do so for the rebellion and then when he gets to that planet he's roped into doing some for his quote-unquote friends um, which tend to be a little less than um, noble uh, reasons for the smuggling and uh, the, but the, the, the episode starts or this issue starts with Han and, and Chewie they're in the Millennium Falcon counting their riches and this is this is you'll this will make sense here in a second. But he says he says that's all of it, Chewie. Just like old Ben Kenobi promised, our reward converted converted into good, honest Imperial credits. And Chewie says, Rrr! and uh, he says that's enough to pay off Jabba and clean up the Falcon. And I'm thinking to myself, well, he's not going to have that money for long. It just it what frustrates me when I see these things when I, this smuggler. What I'm trying to I guess explain is. It seems like to me, I see the money on his on his table, and I'm just thinking to myself, you need to like hide that money. You need to go put it in a savings account. Like go secure that money, otherwise it's gone. Like someone's gonna steal it. That always is what ends up happening. And to me, in my head, the way that my business mind works, I'm thinking to myself, like, yes, Han Solo, he's gonna get to wipe the slate clean with Jabba. He's gonna get to make uh, make amends on his ship. And as this issue goes on, as you probably can imagine, um, there are high, there's just hijinks after hijinks, and by the end of it, I think he ends up losing all of the money, including the money that he had in the first place. And I just think to myself, like, what a waste. What a waste that he... Like, there's a smuggler's job is never done, right? I don't know. It just seems like that's, like, the go-to plot device of, like, ooh, the smuggler, the uh, the, the anti-hero. He got some money and earned, earned it doing a job and then quickly lost it because of one thing or another, whether it's a gambling debt or whatever. Just to me, me personally, it always seems like Han Solo can never really come out on top, but... That's the message of this of this issue is it's not about the smuggling. It's about the friends we made along the way. And those friends just so happen to be in the rebellion, even though Han doesn't want anything to do with the rebellion. So it was a good issue. I enjoyed it, and uh, especially if you love Han Solo. I mean, I I've just enjoyed this whole Star Wars age of whatever, whether it was rebellion, resistance, or republic. This is by Greg Pak and art by Chris Sprouse, uh, inks by Carl Story, colors by Tamara Bonvillon, and uh, letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Uh, next up, a book that I did not expect to be as enjoyable as it was, 
And I am really happy that it is because uh, for all of you X-Men fans out there, I think it's going to bear some fruit coming in the future, and I'll explain why. This is the War of the Realms Strike Force, the Dark Elf Realm. Uh, so unbeknownst to me, this is actually a one-shot. It is not a little mini-series. I thought it was, but it's not. And it is written by Brian Hill, penciled by Lineal Francis Yu, inked by Gary Allen Gullion, and colored by Matt Hollingsworth, with letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So for those of you who are in the know, I'm pretty sure Brian Hill is the author of Fallen Angels, the uh, the new upcoming Dawn of X series that comes out, I believe, next week. Uh, not this week, but next week. And I could not, for the life of me, find anything that he's done. He is a, I'm pretty sure he's a writer, and uh, but not a comic book writer, which to me is always interesting. I like seeing when writers are on comics that previously were just doing books, because most of the time, most of the time, they they have a really interesting way of writing, and and this it's on display in this one. So Brian does a really good job. The dialogue in here is very, not I don't know, cinematic might be the wrong word, but it's just cool. So this story is about um, it's about Freya, and she is uh, trying to put together a team of people to help her fight the dark elves. And just to be clear, this issue take it says in there to please read this after you've read uh, War of the Realms issues one through three. Issue three is out this week. I'm not going to review it because I already read them prior. I will say it's it's great. Again, if you're not on the War of Realms series, you should be. But in it, uh, Freya has to go fight the dark elves to turn off the black Bifrost. And so she puts together a team and is speaking with the Punisher. And uh, Lineal Yu just does a great job on art here, too. It's a little more pointed art than I've seen him do before, a lot less hatching, which I kind of enjoyed. Um, but it's, you know, regardless, I've, I always love him. But the team ends up being Punisher, She-Hulk, uh, Blade, and Ghost Rider, Robbie Ray is Ghost Rider. And it was, it's just cool because the way that he does this sort of... Um, storytelling where you know a little bit about Blade and then a little bit about She-Hulk and then a little bit about Ghost Rider so I, I just really liked this because it displayed why they're all sort of darker characters but then the, the one weird thing was I, I the whole issue didn't make sense to me in the first place like by the end of it we just kind of get to the lead off of where we were at the end of War of the Realms anyway so there really isn't anything that you're missing and I was like okay well so what happens next cool we'll, we'll find out in the next issue oh surprise it's a one shot so the next issues are actually War of the Realms Strike Force, the War Avengers, and then War of the Realms Strike Force, the Land of the Giants. Completely different teams. So that's, I guess, the only time we're going to see them until obviously, you know, like Punisher Kill Crew and some of those other series. But so to me, I, I'm wondering why this was made in the first place. But overall, as a one shot, it was enjoyable, but I was expecting it to tie in a little more into the series, and it didn't in my eyes. Uh, next up is Marvel Team-Up featuring Spider-Man and Miss Marvel. This is issue number two, uh, written by Eve Ewing, with art by Joey Vasquez, and color art by Felipe Sobriero, with letters and production by VC's Clayton Cowles. Uh, he's only picking the good ones. So at this point, uh, Miss Marvel and Spider-Man have uh, swapped brains. And the hijinks ensue here as well. They're trying to figure out, you know, what their lives are like. Uh, Peter's excited to be back in high school. Kamala's excited to not be in high school. But at the same time, 
Uh, there's just some really good bits about them trying to fool the people in their lives, and it doesn't really work because they, uh, they're not good at pretending to be each other. But what I thought was cool in this was uh, they both essentially reveal their identities to each other because now they're, you know, they've switched bodies. So that was nice to see. I'm always a fan of when Spider-Man reveals his identity and when Miss Marvel does because they're two of my faves, but I always feel bad that they have to hide their identity from everyone. But then they go to take off, take off a bad guy and it doesn't work out because neither of them really know how to use each other's powers. So the bad guy gets away, but by the end of this issue... Um, they're like, okay, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna work a little harder, but they keep wanting to go back to um, uh, the uh, the scientist's uh, office, basically. And um, but it's not it's not gonna work. It, it seems like she's trapped by the jackal, uh, Yesenia, the the scientist. And they're they're thinking that she's busy, but it turns out she's trapped by the jackal. But it was a good, it was a good issue overall. I'm I like this story. And I'm excited to see where it goes. I don't know how many issues it is. I think it's like four or five, something like that. And I don't even see Marvel team up on. I don't know if this, how long this series is going to be around because I don't, I don't think it's on the most recent solicitation. So it may be a canceled series at some point. But while it's here, enjoy it while it lasts. Um, Prisoner X is the next one we'll be talking about, which is Age of X Men, uh, issue number three. And this is by Vita Ayala, with art by Jermaine Peralta, color art by Mike Spicer, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So while this story has been a focus on Bishop, uh, he is not in this issue at all, except I'm pretty sure he narrates the entire issue. This issue is actually more of a focus of the other prisoners in the prison, uh, specifically Gabby, and um, I think, is it Moonstar who's the other one in here? But Gabby is starting to crack. She's starting to realize that everything is fake, but she thinks it's a psychic trick and at the same so she she gets in trouble because of that they kind of want to take her to mess with her mind but at the same time uh, polaris has fully cracked so she realizes everything's a lie she's able to break free and she is wreaking havoc in the prison which is awesome but at that point uh, it looks like the prison warden makes a phone call and suddenly everything is back where it was supposed to be, which is so frustrating. Um, and we still got two issues left, so they've got to have a prison breakout at some point soon. We'll see. Uh, but by the end of it, this entire time, the narration, it turns out Bishop was talking to a special someone. I won't reveal who that is, but safe to say this is going to be an exciting turn of events because this character is going to probably be in direct opposition with uh, with X-Man. So we'll see. It's ve it was very exciting read. I uh, really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, looking forward to reading what's next. I will point out as well, I grazed through Major X issue number three. I'm not going to be reading that series any further. I think it's only two more issues anyway, but it lost my interest and, and nothing it did. It just wasn't my type of comic. Uh, but the next one that I did read was Meet the Skrulls, issue number four of five. So we're almost done. I was hoping that there would be some more um, kind of lead in, some more plot, but really there isn't. And I'm shocked because this, this comic flew by when I was reading it. And I was like, well, there's got to be more content than this. And there really wasn't. So at this point, uh, the daughter killed that scroll hunter. And so the plan now is the dad's impersonating that person. And the mom and the kids are impersonating some other people, and they're all trying to get to this goal of what turns out to being rescuing a young Skrull boy who is trapped in this vault. But by the end of this issue, the father gets shot by the Skrull that was in charge. 
And that's it. That's all that happens in this. So I I don't know how this is going to end. We've only got one issue left. I don't know how they're going to wrap this up, but I'm going to stick around for it because there is still this this sort of eerie feel to the series that I've been enjoying. This is by as well. Um, where are they? They didn't even say what their names are. I'm pretty sure this is uh, yeah Robbie Thompson and Nico Henrichon are the uh, writer and uh, artist. But it's not showing any of the other ones, so that's kind of weird. Or maybe it's right here, huh? Yep, Laurent Grissat on color assistant, VC Travis Lanham on letters. But yeah, so that, that's kind of my thoughts on that one. It's it's definitely turned into, I had originally said that this was akin to the Vision series by Tom King. Uh, this, is, this is a pale... Uh, replication of that. I don't think that it, it it doesn't even hold a candle to Tom King's vision. And that's, it's it's just a different story. And it certainly it isn't 12 issues. So it doesn't have as much time to dive into things. But it's just kind of, it, it started off on a really high note. And it's kind of just been going downhill from there. But I'm gonna stick with it because there's only one more issue. Next up is Champions, issue number five. And on the front, it's a War of the Realms tie-in. And it says, The Return of Cyclops. But wait a minute, didn't Cyclops go back in time? He did. Uh, and I'm going to tell you all about it. So wh- why do they do this? These comics, they they tell you who everyone is except for the the writers. And then you have to scroll through and find it. So this uh, issue is Old Friends and New, written by Jim Zub. Art by Juan and Ramirez, with color art by Marcio Menez, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. So this is essentially just an issue of the champions fighting in the War of the Realms. There's a great intro with Miles Morales speaking with the mom of the girl who died in the time switch with Mephisto. Um, If you guys don't remember, really sad. Uh, They were in Dubai trying to save some people, and... Both Miss Marvel and I believe one other character died. And um, Mephisto showed up and said, Hey, I'll make you a deal. Uh, I'll bring your people back. Like, no worries. I'll, you reset the timeline. You can. They'll all be alive. And they're like, what's the catch? He's like, there's no catch. And he's like, okay, we'll take it. And it's like, of course there's a catch. But uh, they save them. Miss Marvel and them survive. But one of the, the humans that they saved ends up actually dying this time around. But they weren't able to save them. So it's not like some evil, like Mephisto killed them. It's just that they weren't able to save him. And so she, he, uh, Miles has just been feeling so terrible about that and so wrought with guilt that he, I guess, went to Dubai and has been speaking with the mom. Uh, he did not reveal what he knows, but he's kind of just been expressing his concern and, and apologizing and all that stuff. But then the rest of the whole issue is them fighting in the War of the Realms. But what is cool about this is it is the adult Cyclops from Uncanny X-Men, and it carries over from the War of the Realms Uncanny X-Men tie-in. But every single thing with Cyclops in this is just absolutely amazing. So this person just uh, appears, this character who's now on the Champions, who you know I'm going to have to get, her, I think their name is Pinpoint, and they can teleport. And they show up, and he's like, we're champions. And, it's, and Havoc's like, who the hell are you kids? He's like, we're champions. And Cyclops is like, champions? And it's like, oh, no. Does he remember? Because if you guys, if you guys remember, in the Extinction event, uh, when all of the younger X-Men went back in time, all of the memories of everything that happened in the current timeline are still memories of for their adult selves. So everything that the young characters went through in all of their series, the older versions of themselves now still remember. So that part is, I thought was a really cool twist. 
And so in this, it was like, oh, okay, so we get what I am. I'm. This is definitely the uh, the panel of the week. Cyclops blasting his visor and saying, "To me, my champions! Holy cow!" And so then him and all the champions fight. And it is just, it's, keep it up, champs, we've got this. And, and the, the narration in here is, right now, none of this matters. Right now, he's an inspiration, talking about Cyclops and how, you know, how great he is. And so they defeat, they win, and uh, Miss Marvel's like, oh, wow. Uh, look, Mr. Summers, I know you don't know me, but I kind of know you, knew you, you're younger you, I mean. He says, don't worry, Miss Marvel, I know exactly who you are. We were captured by Atlanteans, we fought the Freelancers, and we beat the High Evolutionary. Video game. I'm getting chills reading this. Video games, paintball, and watching movies, you guys were my friends, and I'll never forget that because we are champions. And she's like crying when he says this, tears in her eyes. And then another amazing panel of her just hugging him. She's like, how is this possible? And he explains, he says, when young Slim Summers returned to the past and closed the time loop, all his memories got added to mine. And she's like, that's crazy. He says, you do this superhero thing long enough and nothing sounds crazy anymore. And then uh, it just, and so even greater too was, is I, I've said this before. I love dust uh, Suraya, who is one of the X-Men and a mutant and Miss Marvel kind of doesn't like her at the beginning of this. She's like basically vision Viv uh, like recruited her without even asking me. She's not even a part of this team. And at this point, he says, Soraya, I'm pro- I'm surprised to see you here. And she's like, same. I'd say you look well, but unfortunately, that would be a lie. He says, I know it's been a cu- tough couple of weeks. She says, I apologize for not answering when the call went out. And it says, see Uncanny X-Men 11. So look at that. They're, they're explaining why she's not around in the Uncanny things. But she's, he says, you did what you needed to do. Don't apologize for that. So like it... It, he's just, he's so good. And so then they do some more fighting. And the best part is at the very end, he's saying goodbye. He says goodbye to Miss Marvel. She says, you did good. And, and she's like, so disillusioned. Like, I can't even tell anymore. Is this, is this enough? Are we doing enough? And he's like, yes, yes. He says, I've been where you are. I know what you're feeling. I can't guarantee that it's going to get any easier, but I can tell you this, you're doing what matters the champions matter and gives her a hug and then we get back we flash back to queens where the x-men are and basically havoc's kind of pissed off at at scott now like where is he why is he gone i don't get it and scott shows up and he says what the hell were you thinking we're supposed he says yeah he says you have fun on your trip with the teeny boppers he said they needed help and he goes yeah and what about us you're just lucky things were quiet here while you were gone what the hell were you thinking we're supposed to be a team he says i know that's why I went because my team needed me. Ooh, I was fist pumping in this issue, guys. This was so good to see. I love that. Just amazing character development, especially now that we know where Cyclops is in the current X-Men line. To have this build up, it's been a good year to be a Cyclops fan is what I would say. And that's the issue. That's the end of the issue. And in the next issue, it says Battle in Brazil because all the champions are heading there to fight. Um, but yeah, no, that was probably one of my favorite issues of the week. I love those character-driven issues. Uh, next up is Dead Man Logan, issue 7 of 12. This is by Ed Brisson and Mike Henderson with color art by Nolan Woodard and VCs Corey Petit on letters. 
he is back in the wastelands, and uh, Logan is, and he has to really fight his way through the wastelands because he ends up in Florida in the Lizards' territory, and he needs to get all the way to the other side of the country. But what is crazy about this issue, guys, is he gets captured by cannibals, and so they have him tied up, and basically they are they're flaying him over and over uh, to eat his skin, to eat his like his body parts because he can grow them back. So they're he's basically their savior now, and he's like, oh my, like my healing factor is barely holding on at this point. And he gets a big save uh, at the end before you know inevitably dying. He's saved by uh, Danny Cage, Luke Cage, and I think that's Luke Cage and Jessica Jones' son in the future, and, along with a young Bruce Banner Hulk. And so the end of this issue kind of ends with, I think, a futuristic Sabretooth who is now on the hunt for Wolverine. Um, that's about it. There's not a lot that really happened in this issue, but it's a great setup issue. And that's why I, lo- I love this Dead Man Logan stuff. Like, we get half the story in the current day and then half of the story in the Wastelands. And just based on solicitations, guys, I mean, issue 12 came out. Uh, this week, actually, last week, I think issue 12 came out, and there's no more Old Man Logan. I think that's it. So this, I'm pretty sure this is a definitive story where at the end of this story, that's it. Obviously, you know, when they need to boost their sales again, Marvel will probably revive Old Man Logan. But for now, let's just appreciate that this 12-issue series is putting a cap on the entire Old Man Logan legacy. Like, it's it's unbeatable. It's so great. Um, next up is The Punisher, issue number 11. I read that issue last uh, last month, guys. I was hooked. I wanted to keep reading, so I'm, I'm on issue 11 now, the next issue. This is by uh, uh, Matthew Rosenberg and art by Simon Kudransky with colors by Antonio Fabella and letters by VCs Corey Petit. This is part six of The War in Baglia. And um, all I'll say is Frank Castle just is wrecking shop here in Baglia. There is a full panel of just a nuclear explosion, or a full page, and then more pages of the fallout of that nuclear explosion. He's a machine. He can't be stopped. And uh, there's also some hilarious lines by Baron Zemo. Matthew, Matthew Rosenberg really knows how to write Baron Zemo in the best way. He's, like, calling... Uh, was he's like calling his associate like hey is the job done did you get the job done and he's like yeah you know we're working on it it's hard like and he's like no like i gave you a specific job and then those people he's trying to woo are like hey is uh, everything okay he's like sorry he goes sorry i'm just i'm having a pool put in at my house and <laughs> things are just not going well <laughs> it's just so good and uh, so now i'm oh and so the next issue is part one of war on the streets so the end of this issue is the Punisher jumps onto Baron Zemo's plane as he's taking off, and Zemo's like, shoot this plane down, like, command center, shoot this plane down now. They're like, sir, you're in the plane. He's like, I know, like, there's no other way you can kill the Punisher, and they won't listen to him, so he, like, ejects out of the plane, the Punisher goes down with the plane, and everyone's like, oh, the Punisher's dead. He's like, no, no, guys, the Punisher is not dead. Uh, he's gonna kill Baron Zemo before long. And uh, I've just I I'm enjoying the action level in this series. It is intense. I mean, those explosions were explosive. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the final issue that I'm reviewing this week is Uncanny X Men issue 17. This is a new se- new uh, part one. We have always been 
And it just picks up right after the last one. Though it is a new artist, so it's Matthew Rosenberg writing Carlos Gomez on art, uh, Guru FX on uh, color art, and VC's Joe Caramagna on letters. This issue was a powerful issue. This is an issue that is dedicated solely to the funeral of Rain, uh, Wolfsbane. She died in the, at the end of the last issue. But at the same time, uh, Cyclops is like, Logan, come on, like get dressed. We're going to the funeral. And he's like, yeah, 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 I'll go on my own time. So what ends up happening is Logan, dressed in a tuxedo sort of uh, nice clothing, gets with Quanin, the um, Psylocke, the real Psylocke, and uh, they go to the house of the people that killed uh, Wolfsbane. And she reads their minds, and she's like, yep, all of them here except that one guy. And Logan's like, yep, you can leave. And so he leaves, and then they... He's, he's like, and show me what they did. And she's like, I don't know if you want to see that, Logan. He's like, it's like, come on, he's Wolverine, just show him. And so it's another super sad, super typical guy trying to hit on a girl, basically. Wolfsbane is just chilling in the park, and these guys show up, and one of them's like, hey, baby, what's up? She's like, leave me alone, please. And he won't leave her alone, so she gets upset and kind of goes a little bit wolf on him. And she he's like is that he says is that what this is freak you out here to trap normal guys huh dirty freak and they start it's like dude man like and it goes without saying right like come on dude you're the one who caused this like it was your fault but so the you know the great writing in terms of it being as frustrating it is but then logan's like here and he dumps a pile of weapons on their table he goes here i just want you to fight back and then all of these uh government agents show up in their like swat team and Wolverine's like, uh, I hope you guys are here to arrest these people for murdering an unarmed victim. And they're like, don't move, mutants. And so then they just get into a huge fight. And then the end of the issue is Wolverine showing back up at the bar where all the X-Men are, are headquartered, covered in bullet holes. And basically like, you know, this is what I had to do this. Cyclops like, you're done. You're done with the X-Men. I'm done with you. Blah, 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 blah. You know, the same old song and dance. But by the end of it, Juggernaut's like, hey, guys, uh, like we should be focusing on that list of bad guys that you made instead of each other. Like you're constantly trying to fight each other. And he's like, like, uh, how about maybe like, isn't Emma Frost on that list? Or he says, uh, he says, Hey, why isn't Emma Frost on your list? And the last panel is, it says, what are you talking about? And Cyclops says, who the hell is Emma Frost? So now we're going to get into our next little thing. And, and to be clear at this point, guys, we now have an issue. This was 17, so we've got issue 18, 19, 20, 20. We have five issues left. That is it. And uh, and then this series is over. And then we will be getting into the uh, House and Powers of X and then the Dawn of X. So at that point, obviously, you know, these... It'll be interesting once those this ends. I'm just really curious to see how this is wrapping up because we're so close. We're so close, guys, to the finish line. This series ended in... We got two months, right? Yep, this series ended in July. We've got May and June, and then we're done. And this is the first this is the first run of May comics. These ones came out in stores May 1st. So uh, just so you're all aware, to know that they exist, I wasn't reading them, but this week also was Star Wars, the original Marvel years, uh, War of the Realms 3, like I said, Major X3, Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys the Marvel Universe 3. Um, again, I'm not, I'm done reading that one, like I said. Uh, Hot Shot, Domino Hot Shots number three, and then a bunch of Marvel action issues. 
And also Ghost Spider, Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider, issue number six, I think. Or no, uh, I think that's eight. Deadpool, issue number 12. And uh, Amazing Spider-Man, The Hunted HU, 20.HU. This one is just a story about the Vulture. I read it, nothing new, because I've already read the Hunted storyline. And uh, it did not provide any extra insight much. I I think the best dot hu comic was the given hands down and then star wars uh issue 65 came out and like i said i stopped reading star wars i will pick back up on star wars once charles sewell's run gets on here when he picks up the baton in january so that'll be sometime next year that i'll uh <laughs> i'll be reading it but hey i'm a patient guy and ooh, i just guys i just got an email that my midtown comics have been shipped Uh, That's exciting, so I should be having some cool new comics to read there too. So, for all of us here at Comics and Cinema, thanks so much for listening on this Monday. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Klein, and enjoy reading these comics. (laughs) 